Welcome to Analyzing with Abby, the podcast where we discuss true crime, conspiracies, anti-MLM, social justice issues, and more. Today, we are going to discuss the dark side of family channels on YouTube. I love watching YouTube videos and keeping up with my favorite content creators on YouTube. I watch a variety of different types of videos, including beauty gurus, product reviews, true crime, and commentary channels. I've seen family channels recommended to me, but I've never had much of an interest in them. I was made aware of family channels and how problematic they can be by watching videos from other commentary channels who have noticed some alarming issues. On YouTube, you can find a community for just about everything. Family channels are run by parents who film videos with their kids. Sometimes these videos are planned and scripted, other times they are vlog-style videos of everyday life. They can be a way for parents to capture moments in their kids' lives and create wholesome content for kids and adults to enjoy. There are lots of parents who use their platforms in a responsible way and keep the best interest of their children as their top priority. I am not here to make a negative generalization of every family channel, but to open up a conversation about this topic and take a look at some examples. There is not always a clear line of what is appropriate when it comes to creating content involving children on the internet. The reality is that there are kids who are being exploited and taken advantage of, and I think it's important to talk about. There is one major reason a lot of families create YouTube channels and use them irresponsibly, and that reason is money. Of all the content on YouTube, family-friendly videos are the best way to make money. In 2017, a wave of advertisers pulled their ads from YouTube after realizing they were playing on inappropriate videos and did not want their brands associated with this kind of content. This led YouTube to demonetize any channels or videos deemed inappropriate, as well as favor family-friendly videos in the algorithm. Channels have different percentages of revenue they earn from advertisements on their videos. Channels targeted toward a younger audience typically earn more. Family channels have since become more popular, with many of them having over a million subscribers. Ad revenue is only one of many ways to make money on YouTube. YouTubers can offer channel memberships where subscribers pay a monthly fee to access exclusive content. As channels grow on YouTube, they can collaborate with brands to make sponsored videos. This could be a dedicated video to the brand, a mention of them at some point in the video, or affiliate links in the description box. Payment can be a flat rate agreed upon beforehand, or a commission based on how many people use their link or discount code to purchase from the brand. Some content creators collaborate with brands to create and sell their own products, and some even start brands of their own. Between the money from advertisements, sponsorships, channel memberships, selling merch, and creating their own brands, there is plenty of money to be made on YouTube. Since the opportunity to make money on YouTube is so enticing, many parents end up doing things to get more views that they wouldn't necessarily do if money wasn't involved. Sometimes this involves filming vulnerable moments of their children to capture their emotions in real time. YouTuber Jordan Cheyenne deleted her entire YouTube channel after being heavily criticized for a video she made with her 8-year-old son. In this video, both Cheyenne and her son are visibly upset and emotional as she explains to the camera that their puppy has been diagnosed with a serious disease. 
Cheyenne mistakenly left in a portion of the video at the end that was meant to be edited out. As soon as the video was supposed to cut off, Cheyenne begins coaching her son on how to pose for the video's thumbnail. She tells him to act like he's crying, to which he responds that he's not acting and really is crying. She continues to tell him to scrunch up his face in a certain way and move his hand so the camera can see his face. This clip quickly went viral and Cheyenne was called out for taking advantage of her son's emotions for views. She made a follow-up video where she apologized and took accountability for her actions and soon after deleted the channel. Videos with eye-catching titles and thumbnails inevitably get more views. This leads to parents filming videos of their young children throwing tantrums, being sick and going to the doctor, and very personal talks with their kids, things that are normally kept private and not posted online. For older kids, you will often see videos of their parents talking to them about going through puberty, their first dates, getting in trouble, all things that aren't typically shared openly. As channels become successful and start making money, many parents will quit their jobs and make YouTube their full-time job and source of income. As great as that sounds for parents to be able to stay home with their kids and make money from YouTube, it means this is no longer just a hobby, but a job. They have to make sure their channel stays relevant and interesting to viewers, sometimes by filming every embarrassing moment and important milestone. One channel that has been known to overshare on YouTube is called Eight Passengers. This channel features parents Ruby and Kevin and their six children, and they currently have over 2 million subscribers. The channel is run by Ruby, and at the height of their channel, they put out around six videos a week. Some of their most popular videos have titles like Baby Climbs Out of Crib, Our 8-Year-Old Gets Braces, Pulled Over at Preschool Pickup, and Car Crash on the First Day of School. Ruby has been heavily criticized for sharing embarrassing videos of her kids and for her strict parenting style. In one video, the eldest son reveals that he had his bedroom taken away and slept on a beanbag for seven months. This was his punishment for pranking his younger brother by lying to him and telling him the family was taking a trip to Disney World and pointing a BB gun at him. In another video, Ruby talks about receiving a call from her six-year-old daughter's teacher asking her to bring a lunch to the school because her daughter had forgotten hers. Ruby's response to this was, quote, She is responsible for making her own lunches in the morning, so the natural outcome is she is just going to have to be hungry and hopefully nobody gives her food, and nobody steps in and gives her lunch. Again, her daughter was only six years old. Every parent has their own style of raising their children, but when you share so much of your life on the internet and do things for shock value, there can be consequences. The channel has become known for their problematic videos, and it is unfortunate for the kids who now have that reputation attached to them. The channel Daddy05 is an example of how far some parents will go for views and end up facing serious repercussions. Mike Martin started this channel in 2015, and the videos were centered around pranking his children. These pranks escalated to a dangerous level for the kids. Many of them involved breaking their belongings, screaming and swearing at the kids, and encouraging them to kick and punch each other. The children were clearly uncomfortable with these pranks, and the only ones who seemed to be enjoying them was the parents. Many disturbing clips of the kids crying and visibly distressed can be found on the internet. Viewers became concerned for the safety of the children, 
and after numerous reports to authorities, the family was investigated and eventually lost custody of two of their children. This is a very sad reality of what can happen when views become more important than the well-being of the children, and hopefully it serves as a warning to other parents. The last family I'm going to discuss today is the Stauffer family. Micah and James Stauffer started the channel in 2014, and it consisted mostly of family vlogs and parenting videos. The couple had three children of their own, and in 2016, they announced they would be adopting a two-year-old boy named Huxley from China, and documented every step of the adoption process. They shared that the little boy they would be adopting was autistic, and though they were originally hesitant to adopt a child with special needs, over time they became more open to the idea. The channel grew massively over this time. Their subscriber count doubled, and the video of them bringing their child home had 5.7 million views. There is no doubt this benefited the family financially, whether or not this was their intention. With so many followers engaging in the Stauffer family content, they were able to create a fundraiser to help cover the cost of adoption fees. They also had the opportunity to partner with some larger brands and create sponsored videos, many of which featured Huxley. The family appeared to be happy and thriving, aside from some videos discussing the behavior and issues they were having with their son. Unfortunately, these issues turned out to be more than they felt they could handle. In May 2020, Micah and James posted a video announcing they had rehomed Huxley to a different family. In this emotional video, they explained that Huxley's needs were more severe than they were equipped to handle. They talked about all the work they had done with therapists and medical professionals, and after using every resource that was available to them, they concluded they were not the best fit for him. They said they were not prepared for the level of care Huxley would require, and that they were heartbroken by this decision. This was very controversial. Some followers were supportive and understanding, some were confused and upset, and others were outraged. Looking back at their previous content, people noticed some concerning things. In a video created before the adoption, Micah discusses how she had met with doctors who tried to warn her that adopting a child with special needs would be very difficult. She said, quote, If anything, my child is not returnable. So when I heard all these things the doctor was telling us, it kind of went in one ear and out the other. End quote. Hearing Micah say those things did not sit well with people. It seems the Stauffers did not properly prepare themselves to have a full understanding of Huxley's needs before going through with the adoption. There were also clips going around of times Micah had filmed Huxley having meltdowns and throwing tantrums. A month after the video, Micah posted on her Instagram apologizing for hurting and letting down everyone who looked up to her. She wrote, I was trying my best to navigate the hardest thing I have ever been through. I apologize for being so naive when I started the adoption process. I was not selective or fully equipped or prepared. Unfortunately for Huxley, this entire process was publicized for anyone to see. His entire adoption process, including his medical needs and behavioral struggles, were posted online without his consent or understanding of what was happening. He is reportedly happy and healthy with his new family. Hopefully, all the videos of him and articles written about him will not negatively affect him as he grows up. Of course, the Stauffers did not intend for this to be the outcome, but there are consequences for making every detail of your life public. I also feel for their other children, who are also constantly featured on their channel. 
It is very likely that their friends and other kids at school know about the YouTube channel and have seen the videos. I don't know how they feel about being a well-known family on the internet, but it can't be easy to see their parents being harshly criticized online. I think it's important to acknowledge that a dissolution of adoption is not unheard of. The Department of Human and Health Services estimates that between 1 and 5% of completed adoptions are eventually dissolved. The difference is situations like this are typically private family matters. There are a few other issues with family channels as a whole I want to discuss. Children are usually the stars of family channels, and sometimes parents create individual channels for each child. There is a lot that goes into making these videos, whether it looks like just a typical day that they are capturing on camera, or sponsored videos with specific talking points. It takes planning, rehearsing, refilming parts that didn't go as planned, editing, coming up with titles, and more. Family channels often post videos every day, as this is their source of income. This means children are essentially working and potentially not being compensated. There are no regulations regarding what parents do with the money they make from YouTube. I think we all like to assume that parents have good intentions and set aside money for their kids to help them in the future, but there are no laws in place to ensure this happens. The popularity of family channels is still very new, and I hope regulations will be put in place to prevent children from being exploited. Since this is also new, we have not been able to see the effects that this will have on kids as they grow up. We have seen the negative effects for child actors, and it is concerning that kids who grow up on the internet will face similar consequences. These kids share their entire childhood with thousands, if not millions, of strangers online. It is common to see videos of birth stories, potty training, first day of school, trips to the doctor, birthday parties, and family vacations. If parents want to make YouTube videos with their kids, it is important that they keep the best interest of their kids as a priority. It is crucial to recognize the issues that come with family channels and to educate parents on how to keep their kids safe on the internet. It is also important to be an informed viewer and to be conscious of who you support online. This is a topic I haven't seen being discussed very often, so thank you for taking the time to listen and I hope I was able to bring some awareness. Now it's time for today's cat fact. Cats have scent glands in their heads and cheeks, and when they rub their face against something, they release pheromones as a way to mark their territory. So if your cat rubs their face against you, it is an affectionate way to claim you as part of their pack. When you pet them, they perceive it as you marking them back. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, Please don't forget to subscribe and leave a review, and I'll talk to you in the next one.